Ooh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the After Effect Podcast Show. I'm your host, LeBron Stephan, but you can call me LBZ, L Boogie, Big Brown, 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 B Ron, LB, Barani, the choice is yours. Welcome to episode 83. We have a very, very special guest, Micah Robinson. He's on the podcast show today. Cleveland native, played his high school football at John Adams, graduated, I believe, in the class of 2009. Decided to play his college football at the University of Syracuse. Was a two-year starter there. I believe amassing uh, 25 starts total, close to 100 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, 4.5 sacks. Uh, He's played a couple years at professional arena football. Uh, We actually attended the same church, you know, during our childhood growing up. His mom, uh, you know, knows my mom. Remember seeing him around the church, uh, you know, just growing up, and then we both kind of, you know, evolved and developed um, into, um, you know, local athletes, and you know, we both went on to play Division One. So, super uber excited to get Michael on the show for him to talk about, you know, the the ins and outs of his career and what he's up to now. So, just send him the link, and once he jumps on, we will go. There you go. What's good, bro? I can hear you. What up, bro? How you, man? Good to see you. Good to see you too, dog. I'm good. I can't. Okay, okay. Hey, man, I appreciate you calling out the time, man. I know you got a lot going on. You're a busy man. I promise I won't keep you too long. No, it's all good, bro. It's all good, man. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. So this is called the After Effects Show. I started it a little more than over two years ago. It's always been my belief, man, that all of us athletes, you know, if you play, if you was a top tier athlete, you played on the Division One level, had had an opportunity, you know, had a chance to maybe play professional. Uh, I've always felt like we all had kind of like an after effect or aftershock of our careers. And you know, when it's said and done, a lot of us don't ever get to tell our stories or kind of like relive that journey. Usually, only the guys that ever get those type of platforms are guys that actually make it and have those resources and know those people. So this is kind of a free and safe space for us to. Um, you know, relive that journey, you know, talk about some good times, bad times, or really just try to, you know, push the culture forward, um, you know, while we're the consumers of, of those big time shows, like, you know, this is, this is kind of a space, creating that space for us to, you know, tell our stories too, so. Sir, I feel that. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we can just dive right into it, man. I just got two current events for you before we talk about, you know, growing up in Cleveland and things like that. Um, you know, I was just telling you, I saw you... you your alma mater, man. Y'all look cold in that orange on orange. Y'all, y'all had some success. Y'all beat a Big Ten team. So y'all beat Purdue. I was watching that last Saturday, man. How, how you think, what kind of season you think y'all, y'all going to have this year? You know, me, I'm hoping for the best, man. I'm praying. I really want the boys to go to the playoff game. I don't know what's going to happen. You feel me? I'm just thinking optimistic right now. I want something to happen, man. Something big yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, man, it's... A, a, a bowl victory uh, would be a good a good season at the end of the day. Just get into a bowl game and win the bowl game. That's you can't ask exactly. for really better than that. Be honest with you. So that's hoping boys get that far and make that happen. Exactly, man. I was thinking about that a couple of days ago. Like, um, you know, it's just a different landscape than when we play. Like, you know, you go to bowl games and you know if you win, well, usually both teams win money for a university. You know what I mean? If you win, you you make a little more. Depending on the you know depending on the tier of the bowl, you may get to school five million and loser may get to school two million, three million, whatever the case may be. But now these, these guys got the NIL deals. They get into real bags, 
you know, plus plus getting the money, plus getting the school money. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a different, it's a different dynamic, man. I always tell people, man, you know, they 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 10 years too late, got that mean, like I I wish I would have tap 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 some of that, tap a little bit of that bag, you know what I mean? While I, while I played, I'm sure, I'm sure you feel the same way. Amen, amen, bro. I swear I, I, I was born in the wrong decade, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, hey, and, there ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm glad them young boys get get to it though, you feel right, right. No, not for real. Like that. Like that, that definitely like just makes me happy for them. You know what I mean? Because they getting they getting kind of a different experience. Not to say like we was broken, we ain't getting no money, but you know you had the Pell Grants, you had you had your per diem, you had the scholarship check, you could sell your tickets. You know it was different ways for you, for you to for you to get some money, but yeah, they they you know what I'm saying they making real money, six figures. You know what I mean? Like, so, like they have money to take care of ourselves, they got money to take care of their family. So it's a difference. Exactly, exactly. And then like when they graduate, go, go ahead. What you gonna say? I said we had enough money to take care of ourselves. They got enough money to take care of their family. So I was like, it's, it's yeah. a different, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's needed, man, because when they graduate, they literally have money to start their life. They don't have to like rush and go try to find a job or figure out how they gonna how they gonna eat and, and feed their family. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they do it right and and sit on enough uh percentage of money, like you know, like they, they can start their life. That's like a start, start of your life fund, you know what I mean, if that makes sense. So um, one more thing, man, you know, we 30, we're about 30 months removed from the coronavirus pandemic. You know, COVID is still active. You know what I mean? We still wearing masks. How would you say you find yourself having to grow, you know, just, you know, as a man, spiritually, emotionally, physically, um, you know, I was born in 89. So I'm sure you was born in like 91, but you know, we didn't, we, we the world has never shut down. We've never had to wear masks. This, this all, you know, this, this way of living has been new for us in the last 30 months. So if you could kind of tap back in or just remember some different things that you had to change in your lifestyle just to get kind of used to the world we live in now, what would you say those, those things were? Uh, really, for the most part, for me, it was just more like just staying focused on like trying to like really get some money throughout that time, you know, trying to like really work and stuff like that. That was my main goal because I was uh really uh with my girl and I, I, we got like a little our little family right down here. I'm I'm in North Carolina right now. I'm in Ohio no more. I've been in North Carolina last. That's just a pandemic for real, for real. Okay. I've been okay. right, get our money together. You know, trying to take care of rent, all that stuff. So with yeah. the pandemic, I mean, they shut everything down and shut down jobs like that. So I've just been trying to stay focused and work and, and try to work. At the end of the day, yeah, I mean, no staying, no keep my mind focused, reading books and working out stuff like that, but. At the end of the day, we've just been trying to like really stick together and get and get things together for for our, our child, you know, our kids and stuff. Cause yeah, they was they were too and right. do home school and all that stuff, virtual school. It was different. It was a different experience for them as well as it was for us. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm I'm already knowing, man. What part of what part of North Carolina you in? Uh, I've been in uh, I've been in Durham, Durham, Raleigh area. Okay. Okay. Cause I, 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 I live in Atlanta. I live in Georgia, but I'm like often in like Charlotte. I was just, I just, I was just in Charlotte, uh, you know, cause it's only like a three hour drive, but I was just in Charlotte like two weeks ago for the Browns uh, Panthers um, um home opener. But I don't know. That's what's up. I didn't, I didn't know you were so close. I'd be in Charlotte a lot. I'd be, I'd be in and out of Charlotte. My dad stayed there. So I'd be okay. in Charlotte. Okay. 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 That's dope, man. Well, yeah, we, we're going to have to link up at some point. For sure. So, um, Let's dive into your childhood, man. We both we both Cleveland kids. I had said it when I when, in, in the intro, man, that you know we kind of like grew up in the same church, like my mom and your mom, and and I just remember seeing you here and there, like having little conversations as we was growing up. You know what I mean? But I know I was a couple years older than you, so like I just it felt like the time just went so fast. Like 
we both just grew into what we grew into and then like recruiting and then we went to college and you were two years behind me, man. So just kind of paint me a picture on what it was like growing up, uh, you know, in Cleveland for you. Uh, you know, did you have any mentors? Did you have any people you kind of like looked up to uh, to kind of like keep you on that on that straight and narrow? Uh, for me, growing up in Cleveland, you know, it's kind of, you know, we both know Cleveland is kind of the wild, wild west sometimes. You feel me? Depending on part right. of the city you in. Right. But uh, if you know, I, I try to stay, you know, keep my head straight and straight and narrow. So I always stay, you know, out of trouble, stay to myself, stay to my friends and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like trying to like uh, keep me on a straight path, I would definitely say was well, sports because that really like that was one factor that really always want to keep my, keep my grades up because I didn't want to, you know, be eligible to not play sports. So like the right. stuff like that always helped me in the long run. Right. Uh, if real with you, uh, growing up, my first love was basketball. Like. I didn't really, really, I played football like on a young age, like on the Pee Wee and all that stuff. I played for uh, Emoja, uh, Emoja okay. Jackson. Okay. I played for Emoja Panthers. But uh, but I really wasn't, I didn't have a love for the sport back then. You feel me? I was more of a basketball kid. But like once yeah. I got to high school, I really like started like to, started maybe use my body and start growing to my own body. You know, I was I was a big kid, but I was like clumsy and stuff. You feel me? Right. Walking over right. myself and stuff like that. Yeah. But then once I like grew into my actual body and really you know started getting my athleticism up a little bit, I guess you would say. Yeah. That's my start to fall in love with football. You feel me like that? So I would definitely say eighth grade, ninth grade. That's when I really start falling in love with football and started really getting to that. But basketball is always my first my first love. But now I'm not even as good as I used to be. So I just <laughs> I'm more <laughs> football. <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, it's funny you say that because I remember like you in middle school, like you said, like like you was a bigger dude. And then, like you say, when you grew into your body, I think I seen you like some years after that, and you was like taller than me and like slim and like you know what I'm saying, like had the whole physique going on. I'm like, damn, like this dude, uh, he done morphed into an animal. <laughs> yeah, hey, no, that, yeah no, course, you feel me? You right. gotta get back, gotta work out. <laughs> right, 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 right. But no, so it, you alluded to eighth and ninth grade. Like, would you say? I, and, and I always talk about this with with guys that play D one, like. We all have like a light switch like like that that hit on. Like for me, it was probably 10th grade. You know, I grew up like watching all the college um, football games with my dad, all the college basketball. I always played football and basketball. I didn't know which one I was gonna be I was gonna be good enough in. So I just played all of them, you know, until all the way up to 12th grade. But ninth grade was when I finally started getting recruiting and the letters and all that. Then I think uh, after my 10th grade year, I started getting offers in football. So that's when I knew like, it was going to be the football thing, but 10th grade, like starting varsity the whole year in 10th grade, like making all league, being the only sophomore, you know what I mean? On the team to even be a starter or play. I would say that's what my life switched on. Like, oh no, like, damn, I've been watching D1 and Big 10 and all this my whole life. But that's when it kind of finally became a reality. Like, oh no, I, I actually may be able to do this. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, when would you say that was for you when it was, when you was like, like you start getting that that interest and then you know that recruitment and then like you start hearing them talks where like a, a school was gonna start offering like when would you say that light switch is on and you was like okay no I can really I can really go and do this. All right, well uh okay kind of kind of long story so I'm trying to break it down but uh so you know so he's like so uh I went to Johns High School and when I first went there was the it was the uh, year they they first opened back up that had been shut down for like 15, 20 years. Yeah. So like my class was literally the first class that went through all four years, my ninth grade year. And uh my ninth grade year, we literally had ninth graders through eleventh grade. So but we played a varsity schedule. You feel okay. me? 
Yeah. They had to play all type of school we weren't supposed to be playing at the end of the day. So the whole team was varsity players. And I was a freshman and I I played all four years varsity. So that, that right there, that helped me groom into a, a good player. You feel right. me? Because that's gonna, gonna get better at the end of the day, just doing that. Right. But that's one aspect that helped me become, you know, help me help help that light switch in my head. And also, uh my ninth grade year, tenth grade year. Uh, I, uh, I got in contact with uh, with, uh, Raw Talent. I don't know if you know what that is, but you know, the organization that be helping, you know, do all the little bus yes. tours and stuff. Yes, sir. Mark Harris. Yes, sir. Mark Harris. He, he low key changed my life. So, okay. My uh, t- 10th grade year, I went, we went down to uh, O State for the, uh, I don't know, it was the sophomore camp or whatever camp it was. Okay. We know we just one day little deal, how, how they do it with the tour thing. So, we did the tour. I went down there and, and balled out, bro. Like, they one on ones. They couldn't nobody stop me, bro. Like right. it, I was going crazy out there. Yeah. So that day right there, they uh started giving me like little questionnaires. I went to go meet a couple coaches and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first stop on the camp. So like since then, I think we did like probably up. like through the sun uh, on that on that little tour. Okay. So uh I was bought out with that, and then uh what else happened after that? Then after that, we started getting letters and stuff. You know, uh, eleventh grade year and everything like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Up, you know, so I'm like, after I started getting highly recruited in football, I was like, my love for basketball started dwindling because right. I didn't really see nobody from my my school like really like really doing big things in basketball. So right. I feel like if it was if it was like more like people in my school getting recruited for basketball, I probably would have stuck to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't get my own two eyes. Like people really like coaches coming up there to try to get players from my school to play basketball. Right. So right. like, uh, then at the same time, I knew I'm like six three, six four. If I if I really take this basketball series, I'm probably gonna be a point guard in the league. I'm like, I ain't no point guard for real. I'm a big man. So I'm <laughs> right, I'm right. <laughs> right. That that's the thing. Like we all have hoop dreams until until we see what height we actually gonna be, and then yeah, you know, like, you, know uh, you weigh that uh, out right, in the league. Like <laughs> I can't even do that with this basketball stuff for real. Right, right, right. No, no doubt. Um, uh, so like, if you can remember, like during the recruiting process, like once you start getting those offers and everything, like. Did you have like, you know, did you have like a top three? Like, did you have like a dream school that you always wanted to go to? Like, obviously for me, we grew up in Cleveland. So like, I always wanted to go to Ohio State and I got recruited pretty heavy from them, but they ultimately just never offered. You know what I mean? So like, I had a lot, of, I had a couple other Big Ten offers. So that's ultimately why I chose Iowa. But like, do you remember maybe if your top three, did you take any visits? Like, just walk me through that a little bit. Uh, For sure, for sure. Oh, State, you feel me? I'm like, like you said, going well, to Cleveland. Know. Ohio period, like ninety percent everybody want to go to old state. You feel me? Right. So, and then like I told you, doing that little thing with Mark uh, Mark Harris, and I did that camp, and I balled out. They was they was messing with me, but you know, I at high school my grades wasn't the best. You feel me? So that kind of that kind of uh, that that kind of went off the table because of that. Uh, but then I would say, like as far as the ones I wanted to go to, I definitely was old state. I was uh, I was big on Pitt back then in those days. Mm-hmm. Definitely had like you know Shady McCoy and all that stuff. Yeah, it was different. I was yeah, messing man, with it, and uh, I don't know. I probably in Louisville. That was like my very first, my very first official offer was Louisville. Okay, okay. That was like I'll say Louisville, Pitt, and uh, Old State. Like my first, like my the three that I was like really heavy on. But uh, as far as as far as what made me go to Syracuse, them boys like they they stayed on me the whole time. Like I told, like my grades was like when it came time for me to like you know. To do everything, my grades wasn't as how it was supposed to be, and they stuck with me through the whole time. I had to do summer school and everything, and they stuck with me. And yeah, they they, they were solid. They was like uh, 
like when they would come to visit me sometimes, like they would really like try to like like clock me down and come get me no matter where I was at, come find me, like to, to talk to me. To, Five, yeah. ten minutes, my you can tell. Yeah. You can tell they really wanted you. Yeah, yeah, I, I can yeah. tell. Yeah, you can tell when when somebody really wants you throughout exactly. that long process. You can tell, like you feel me, the ones who want you, and the ones exactly. who trying to stay for the schools. Right. And I just feel like I love genuine with them, so okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it all that all worked out. Yeah, nah, okay, nah, nah, that, that's dope, man. So one thing that I love highlighting is you know that transition from you know from high school to college. Uh, you know, you go from, you know, whatever inner city, wherever you, wherever you grew up at, where, wherever you live to, you know, a, a PWI, which is typically in like a predominantly white uh, city, you know what I mean? And and for me, my transition was kind of hard because, I mean, you know how we grew up, like even at, at the church, like we was all, all just always around black people. So it was like, I had only, I never really conversed with white people. Like I, I played versus white guys like you know what I mean like in in sports like in games like we played Santa Nations and and Eds and Menor and all that but like I never had no white friends like I never like you know what I mean I never hung out with no white people so that transition probably took me like six months until I kind of felt comfortable and I registered my first year but it took me about six months to feel comfortable you know in those type of spaces so how would you say your transition was because I know you registered I registered too I had to put on some weight so that registered year that transition leaving Adams, you know what I mean? Leaving that neighborhood and then going um, to that, to, I'm not exactly sure where Syracuse, I know it's in New York, uh, but what was that transition like for you? Uh, it's a Syracuse, New York, by the way. <laughs> but uh, like you said, bro, it, it was a very tough uh, transition, to be honest with you, bro. It took me about, it took you six months, probably took me eight or nine, to be honest, yeah. bro, it took a yeah. while because for me, it was a full 360, because one, like you said, like, Never read around too many, like, you know, white people as far as, like, where, where we grew up at. Mm -hmm. Like, not too many white classmates, none of that stuff. So, right. only thing that was white was the teachers. Right. And even when there that many white teachers real in my school, a couple, a lot of black ones. But uh, long story short, the uh, the biggest thing for, real, for me is, like, the, the football thing. Because when, when I first got there, I got there, like, in camp. When, mm -hmm. As soon as camp started. So, that was my first experience of college anything. Same, and, in August, yeah. Yeah, I got there in August. You feel me? So, like. It was it was so tough on me because one, like they, they, we, we was having two a days in camp. Like you, you get there like at seven o'clock in the morning. You ain't leave till about ten o'clock at night. And like you feel me coming from an <laughs> yeah, like you don't you don't know about this type of type of deal. So that, that was yeah. like killing me, bro. And that like grind, was, that, that grind different, your body hurting, bro. <laughs> it, it, it opened your eyes and really it really make you want to know like really like, test your mental. Like do you really want to do this for real, bro? Exactly. It really no, test your no, like, bro. For me, Dog, that's exactly what happened. We had, we had what a coach like y'all had at Glenville, bro. Like, like I said, we just we just started, so we didn't have like, no real structure in, uh, at Adams. You feel me? Yeah. There was no real structure, so we had no real weight room program. Yeah. Our coaches really weren't like they was teaching us, but they weren't teaching us like no real techniques, for real, bro. I knew what I do with the swim move. So when yeah. I got the college, I didn't know what no three tech, no five tech, none right. of that stuff was, bro. I knew it was the A gap, B gap, C gap. That was it, bro. Right. You feel me? So <laughs> this. It's a learning curve for everything, bro. Like it was a big, it was big for me, bro. Like I, it, it took me a while to actually catch on, but when I caught Same. on, like I, I was pretty good. So it just took me a little while to catch on. And, and I, 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 I look out for uh, like players like like Chandler Jones, like really sat down and helped me. Like oh, he was, he, he was there. He was there when you got there. Chandler Jones there. Okay. Me, like, really, like learn the game. Yeah, yeah, man, man, dog. I can attest to that so hard. Like. That first week or two, like in camp, like when you say like you you thinking in your mind, like, man, do I really want to do this? Like, 
Real talk, bro. That's the same thoughts that I had, bro. Cause like I, I came in undersized. I only weighed like I think I was probably like 218 or something like that. But at okay. the good at, at the build, like we had structure. So like like ladders and conditioning and all that, like like was A1. Like I was A1 with all that. Like my, my password smooth, all that A1. But but I wasn't used to like doing two a days, doing two to three hour practices and lifting heavy. At the view, like like in season, we didn't lift heavy like when we had two a days, you know what I mean? So your body felt somewhat fresh, but my body wasn't used to like lifting heavy hand cleans and snatches and squatting and then doing the two a days and, and the intensity of these big 10 players. Like, like you say, like when, when I was, you had Chandler Jones, when I heard, when I was there, I had like Kenny Webema, Charles Godfrey, all these guys went to the league and played for years, but just the intensity, like in practice and the, the lifting your body, just my body felt like I, it felt like when I, when I was standing up, I couldn't hardly walk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like so i had to just you had you only 18 so you got to get used to just that intensity level like a d1 is different and a lot of guys or a lot of people don't really only guys that really know what that feel like is the guys like us like that actually went through it even when you try to explain it like people really don't understand like hey, you want to quit like after all you after all them years like you know what i mean but that no i can attest to that bro. Like, different <laughs> yeah so what year was chandler like a senior or or, or a junior uh when you got there no, I, I I got two years with Challenge. He was a junior when I got there. Okay, okay, yeah, because I remember watching him um in, in college. He he was a dog in college. So like, what type of game did you give him? Because even in college, he was cold with the you know what I mean with his hands mainly. Like I seen him hitting dudes with spins, and you know what I mean. I'm an airs guy, so I look at you know I watch, uh-huh. I, watch, I watch guys all the time. So but I noticed that he had this he had that sauce that he you know what he was been doing in the league even at Syracuse. So like, what kind of game did you catch from him just as a youngin? Uh, most importantly, this is like this to use my hands. You feel me? Like this, how to work my hands up like that, and do like little pre-snap reads or like when people lined up and just think about you know things that can't happen, not happen, stuff like that. Yeah. Chan Jones is an athlete, bro. Like he used to play, he used to play receiver in high school. So like, okay, when he okay, super long limbs, and he, then he got through muscle on top of. It. He still, you feel me? He still got right. the, the 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 movement of a receiver. If that makes sense, you know. So right. just super watching him. Quick doing i'm like okay i i got i got i got like a uh i don't know what word i'm trying to i got like an actual a, a set mark of what i could what, what to do what it's supposed to be an right, example right yeah yeah yeah. you got like like a benchmark like you watch him and, and, he, and he bought out he was all american so like you want to try to follow that emulate that yeah which oh, exactly. oh, that's yeah. what that was that with me with him man <laughs> he was a dog he was a dog yeah, I thought, yeah you feel me yeah Okay, yeah. So I know that you know you had 25 starts, man, junior senior year. Um, what were some moments that stood out? Like you say, like you had two years with Chandler, and then going on your junior year, like I mean, your redshirt sophomore year, you started getting like significant snaps and, and molding yourself into a starter, man. Like, what was that like? You know what I mean? Just like molding yourself into a starter, man, and being in that program. And like, I think a lot of times when you in the grind, you don't really notice. Like how far you've count you how far you've come and that you were started for a, a major division one school and because you just you you trying to start you trying to grind but thinking back on it like you know what I'm saying since since we're removed from it now man like you know what was those days like what was that time like when you finally got your first start and then you started having success in the games and you know what was you know some of those moments that stood out during those 25 starts? 
it was exciting, bro. I, I, I didn't play against some real talented people, man. Like, a lot of people I done played against is really in the league right now. Like, dang, I, dang. I, I guess for the state team that won a championship, that was one yeah. of the best to against. Oh, yeah, with uh, James Winston. I guess college when the boys was like a problem with uh, Clemson. Yeah. I played against a lot of good talent, bro. Like, <laughs> played against, uh, what's his name? Uh, James Conner from Pitt. It was yeah. a dog. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I had some, some great memories, man. Played against USC two times. I went there, okay. you know, played, like play at the Trojan Arena. Then I actually played them at uh at MetLife. It was dope with yeah. Rod Wood, Marcus, Marquise Lee, all them boys. That's hard. Great moments, but uh, like as far as me personally, like I feel like my uh my favorite moments was like probably uh maybe uh going against Bowling Green. I'm not Bowling Green. Uh, Boston College. I had, I had like a great game against them. Uh, I remember we uh we had upset. We had upset Louisville when they had Teddy Bridgewater one, uh, one game at the Dome. That was pretty fun. Uh, and also, every time we beat my whole career, I don't, I never lost, I never lost uh, West Virginia. So I can say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, orange man, never lost to West Virginia my whole time there. So that was pretty that's dope. dope. That's dope. At Geno Smith and and uh, Tavon Austin, all them guys. So, like, I remember they had a squad. We never <laughs> lost to them boys. That's one thing I can say. You feel me? So. Uh, so y'all beat them. In the current, I mean, I mean, in Syracuse and in West V, and that West V, and we played them in the bowl game too. We beat them. Okay, okay. So y'all always had their number. Oh, that's one thing I can say that I'm, I'm, I'm very most excited about my, my college career. Yeah, and I, yeah. I was also three and zero in all my bowl games. You feel me? Throw that out there too. You feel me? Three and zero. Okay. The bowl that's hard. That's hard. I think I went. Uh, the, I went three and one. <laughs> I lost, lost my senior year. But yeah, man, uh, that's dope. Like I swear, bro. Like the older I get, you know, you really start when you, once you think back because, like, a lot of times I find myself forgetting, forgetting, forgetting what stadiums you played in, all the players. Like you, you brought up Shady yeah. McCoy at Pitt. Like I played against Pitt, like at, at the Steelers um, Stadium. Like when with, with Shady when Shady was there in 08. Like that was my redshirt freshman year. So like just thinking back, thinking back on all the guys that that we played against and all the stadiums we played in is just. You know what I mean? All just those successes, man. When you in the grind, you constantly think about man, just balling, graduating, getting to the league, and so, you know sometimes those things don't all the way fruition out, man. But thinking back on it as an older guy, it's like man, damn, you know that all those times, even in college, it was still fun. It's all a blessing. It's millions of guys that that wish they could play Division One football. So, uh, you know, it's all it's all just still a blessing, man. So I, I love that, bro. So was you? Did you enter the? You was in 2015 NFL draft. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. yeah, I entered. Okay, yeah, so like, I'm sure you, you did pro day. So, like, how did pro day go? Were you hearing from any teams? Did you hope that you would get like a, a priority free agent deal? Were you trying to, were you trying to get uh, like a mini cap invite? I mean, you, you know, the ground, like, if you go undrafted, so kind of speak, speak on that time a little bit. So, for me, it was kind of a difficult situation for me because, like, uh, with my, my last two games of my series season. I had ended up tearing my labrum. So right after the season, I had ended up getting surgery. So uh, so during the whole draft process, I didn't get drafted at all. But even like after that, I was trying to, they were trying to get me to come in for uh like rookie mini camps and that stuff. Mm -hmm. But a lot of one day uh, a lot of teams was 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 a mess with me off the fact that I had a torn labrum. So yeah, yeah, coming off an injury. It was like the toughest thing right there. So that that right there, low-key threw my NFL dreams all down the toilet because nobody was really trying to mess with me because I was like, I guess like like, like broken goods that you could say like that. They weren't trying to yeah. really mess. With me. And and uh, and what and what did that do to you mentally, man? I love highlighting this, man. And I 
you know, I, I love being just honest and transparent, man. Like, you know, when I went undrafted, I was 2012 draft, went undrafted, had to move back to Cleveland, living with my dad. Like, I was, man, probably depressed for like probably at least like a month. Didn't go nowhere. All my, oh. all my, all my, um, all my workout stuff. I used to turn it inside out. I ain't want to talk to nobody. None of that. Try to stay in shape. Just try to you try to figure out a plan on like, okay, talk to your agent. Like, uh, you know, so you got you got to stay in shape. So you got to continue to work out. But shit, you got to find a job. You got bills to pay. Like, you know what I mean? You back home with your people. Like, so that transition, man, was very, very hard for me. And I know hundreds and hundreds of guys who was very hard for it. Um, and I love talking to guys who actually made it and became millionaires because that transition is hard for them, right? Because you go from a broke college student to a millionaire, you know what I'm saying? Oh. So, so, but so you're not, you, you've never touched that type of money, but you, hey, shit, at the end of the day, you made it. <laughs> but the guys like us that got to move back home and figure shit out and like, you got to work out, you got to stay in shape, you got to hustle, try to get a workout, try to try to get on and so you got to find a job you got to you got to pay bills you got to you know you got to figure out your living situation like that shit is not that shit is tough man you know what i mean you got to figure out in your mental like and what and why didn't i get drafted what happened da, 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 da. like you know you you have all those all those um um thoughts you know what i'm saying running through your head and you 22 23 young man trying to figure it out you're a college graduate but like but but life hits you you know what i mean so like like how was that transition for you uh, for me, it it, it was kind of tough, but uh, I feel like what helped me is uh, I end up uh, getting an opportunity to play ball overseas. You feel me? This okay, just going, bro. Cause at the end of the day, I I, I love ball, bro. Like I, right. I, I love, bro. Like at the end of the day, man. Like it 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 helps me at the end of the day, bro. It helps me because I feel like, like you said, man. That I, without it, I'd be feeling depressed, bro. Mm -hmm. Like I'd be, mm -hmm. like, be just feel like I'd be feeling depressed. So, I uh. I got an opportunity to play ball overseas in, uh, in France, okay. uh, right, right at the uh, college. That's hard. It was, it was a pretty dope experience, you know, just being over there, yeah. you know, meeting people and stuff like that, trying to great food, you feel me? Yeah. You know, Taking in I the whole culture. How, how long was you out there? Wow. Only, only crazy thing about it was, I was over around the time that whole little bombing accident thing happened, so that was kind of crazy, but okay. you know, it, was, it, was, it was a good experience just being over there for that time, and also, one another another negative thing about it, it don't got nothing to do with Paris, but I, I had ended up missing the uh the, the, when the Cavs won a championship because I was over there. You feel me? Oh, 2016, you was out there. Nah, but outside of that, it was dope. It was dope. <laughs> yeah, I, I was over there, so I had a good time, man. Set okay. So, okay. That's that that's dope, man. And 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 that's the cool thing about about football, man. That's what make you appreciate it appreciate it even more, like right? Because it take you to a bunch of places and domestically in the United States and it take you a lot of places internationally, man. You know what I mean? Sure. That's, that's, that's hard. So like, so how long did you spend in France? And then like, when you came back, did you play somewhere else overseas? Cause I know you eventually transitioned to arena ball and I played two years of arena ball too. So I kind of know, you know, what that lifestyle was like. So did you, did you go back overseas somewhere? Or did you just transition to arena ball? Uh, what that was, that's kind of a funny story too. So when I got back from France, I had one of my cousins, uh, his name uh Paul Sainz. He uh he had got a him and his friend, him and his homeboy uh Joe, they had end up basically getting in contact with a coach and was about to play arena football down here in North Carolina. It was for it was for a, a very, very lower league. I forget the exact name of it. I think it was like the AAF or something at the moment. It was a team called the Triangle Torch. 
Okay. I ended up uh, coming out here with them. I ended up getting in the arena league that way. Uh, started playing with them. I played them for like a year or two. Then I moved on up to the, uh, to the NAL. Started playing for the uh, Carolina Cobras. Mm-hmm. After that, I fell for a hot second for, uh, for a year, and I played with the uh, Spokane Shot. Okay. And then last year, I went back to the NAL and played with uh, the Cobras again. Okay. Which was a pretty, pretty good time. Yeah, on, yeah, on, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, right now, I'll say is I get it. I went to three championships of loss. Not that that hurt, bro. I well, ain't won. Hey, I had three opportunities, bro. And I kept losing, man. I don't know if it's that's me so or hard. what, but yeah. it sucked. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I played in the IFL two years too. I played for the Green Bay Blizzard and the Iowa Barnstormers. So I so I, I played two years there, man. Uh, and I tell guys all the time, man, like you said, like you really have to like love football and just love playing to play in them type of leagues. Like, you know what I mean? Because the the amount of damage you putting on your body versus what you're getting paid, you know what I mean? It's like like for me, I was always just goal-oriented. I knew that I needed some new film. After you get a certain age, they not go, they not, they not, the scouts ain't looking at your college tape. You know what I mean? So you gotta be able to show that you can still ball, that you can still move. You know what I mean? You gotta be able to show your skill set and, and explosion and all that. So that those were the reasons why I played. And I'm sure, you know, those those was the reasons you played, man. So I know you, I know you just recently played. So do you feel like you're done? You're you gonna play another season? Like, how you feeling? I truly don't know. Right now it's in the air, bro. Like, uh, excuse me. Cause right now, you know, me and my girl, we uh, we just we uh, on our parenting uh, vibe right, right now. Right. Raising the family, yeah. Kind of tough for her because she be uh, you know, be having to take care of house and home while I'm gone on mm-hmm. the road and stuff like that. So it'd be, I'm trying to make stuff easier for her, but mm-hmm. I just I, I love the game, so it's hard for me to say I don't want to play no more, bro. So it's it's in the air right now. I don't want to say yes, I don't want to say no. You feel me? Yeah. But, yeah. Hey. Hey, I feel you, man. Take take your time. Yeah. You're you gonna you gonna know. You're gonna know uh, you know, when it when it's over like that. That 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 thing it hit me when I think I was about 28. I knew because I had just uh, I played for the Barnstorm in 2016. And one of the homies, uh, Mike Daniels, that played in the league similarly, actually 10 years, he put me Pack. on hit. Yeah, yeah. He put me on with his agent um at Sports Stars. Um, so you know they they they're a pretty big agency. Sent the dude with my film, and he started like shopping it around. Like I, at the time, I think I was twenty-seven, and uh, he had got a couple hitbacks here from the Browns, Patriots, and they basically all the scouts, linebacker coaches, stuff like that, was telling them the same thing. Like, man, you know, this dude a player. We like his tape, but he's twenty-seven. Like, you know, what I'm saying like I can get that from a twenty-one-year-old. You know what I mean? And he can develop into something way better by the time he's twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah, like like that's when I got hit with that. So that's when I was like, okay, like it's probably it's probably over, because <laughs> that was my whole goal. I mean, I mean, in the CFL too, but like, it seemed like, you know, you know, the the CFL teams they're only allowed a certain amount of Americans, like a certain number of Americans. So it's like, the odds that you get on, usually they sign a lot of skilled players like from America, but the odds that you get on as like a linebacker or a pass, or a DN or a pass rusher is you know is very 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 tough. So I went to a bunch of CFL camps, living in Atlanta. You know, they come to Atlanta and hold camps all the time. And it was just, you know, they, they just kept hitting me with the same thing, man, like stay in shape, read like your tape, read like how you move. Duh, duh, duh. And so, yeah, it hit me at 28. Like, yeah, man, I think it's over. And like you said, man, without football, I went through like a, I would call it an identity crisis. You know what I mean? Because I like, I started playing at eight and shit, I really didn't know. I, I always been an athlete. So, like, I didn't really know who I was outside of the game, outside of the sport. 
know what I'm saying? So I had to do, had, I had to do like a deep dive into myself and figure out, shit, what brought me the same type of joy that football brought me, but wasn't football. You know what I mean? And it took me a while to figure that out. Um, but I found like storytelling and stuff like that. So that's why I started this podcast. You know, it's a form of storytelling, but it's all, it's all of our authentic and organic stories, man. So yeah, man, best of luck on, on, on your journey, man. Take your time. You know what I'm saying? You're going to know. You're going you're gonna to know what to do. For sure. Um, so definitely. I'm trying to figure out what exactly what I want to find out, what I want to do, you know, outside of football. Like, yeah. I like playing video games and stuff like that, but uh, it's still the same as, as playing football, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. No, it's not like I'll be, man, I still like try to uh, play ball at least twice a week. Um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay act, but like for me, it's just like that competitiveness. Like football is a really competitive game, man. And people hate to admit it, man. But you gotta have like a lot of ego and confidence to be good in football. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So like, gotta have to, a dog. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have that dog mentality. And, you, and like for me, I'm still like like I will never lose that. So I'll be having to try to figure out ways to get it out. Like just get yeah. that competitiveness out. Like because like. Like, that's the only way to use it, bro, is football, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like working a job, and like you said, raising a family, all that stuff is great, but like you don't you don't get to release that dog, like that, that competitiveness. So so I, I you know I try to hoop and, and get it in there. I you know I, I I get outside, ride the bike, you know, I said try to get it in on the conditioning to just try to release that dog, man, because it's in you, you know, since since you was young. So like uh yeah I love, I love hearing that man um so yeah bro just one more question what would you say is mike robinson's after effect i know you still playing and you know you up in the air about it but you know you started playing at a young age and and you at the age where you at now you've been playing this has been close to like a 20-year relationship of football so what were like some lessons that you learned you know from different coaches from mentors from from chandler jones from different teammates what were some lessons that you learned that you took and you carry what you now, you know, just um, um, as you get older, as you raise your family, and really just, you know, as we trying to push the culture forward. Uh, number one, you got to control the controllables. You feel me? You got to control what you can control. Yes, sir. You got to discipline, and you got to realize uh, adversity gonna come throughout your life, but you got to stick, you no know, stick, stick your stick to the path, bro. Cause that's real. Got to get adversity, so you can't let it break. <laughs> that, that, that's the biggest three things football and taught me like uh everybody deal with them things you feel me you gotta exactly. you gotta focus you can't control everything you feel me exactly and then your emotion and how you and how you look at things how you how you uh, carry on so those exactly. probably like things in my mind no no i love that bro and you know nothing against people nothing against non-athletes or people that didn't you know uh play or weren't athletic on that on the type of level that we were on but man football it teach you so much about how to handle adversity like you know you, you know you look at people people that don't have those experiences man they be going crazy or they losing it when they experience some adversity and so what i noticed is we're always able to pull from we were able to pull from that hard practice we had or that hard conditioning session when you got to run that last sprint and your leg you can't feel your legs and you know you oh. have adversity in football all the time where you you get you get you get beat 30 and 30 to nothing on the road or you or you get whooped at home or just having that adversity. Um and like you said, man, controlling the controllables. I'm a manager now in finance, but I tell my team that all the time, man. Like control the controllables. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you can't control it, don't trip about it. You know what I mean? And and football teaches us that too, man. So 
as you get as, as I've gotten older, I'm sure you the same, man. You start to really be able to see all the lessons that you learn from the game. You know what I mean? And and how they come back up in your life in, in different areas. You know what I mean? That's for yes, sure. Sir. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, bro. That's all I have, man. I appreciate you joining. One thing I've been trying to pride myself on, especially since COVID is, you know, giving guys flowers while we still here, man. I feel like as black men, we won't do it enough, man. And so, you know, obviously we've been knowing each other since super young, since little guys, man, uh, seeing each other in the church. So I just want to tell you eyes to eyes, bro, all your accomplishments, everything you've done up to this point, man. Super proud of you, man. Keep putting on, you know, for our city, keep putting on for your family. And I just want to like show you that love and give you your flowers, bro, while we both still here, man. I appreciate that, man. Saying to you, bro, I love what you're yes, doing, sir. man. I love the 360 didn't did, man. You feel me? Like you <laughs> yes, sir. Bro, I appreciate what you got going on, man. It's really dope, bro. I'm proud of I'm proud of the turnaround you got going on. Yes, sir. Hey, I appreciate it, man. And and we locked in a couple of days ago with the numbers, man. So let's just stay in touch. Yes, sir. Keep each other encouraged, man. And hopefully, you know, we, we can we can link up uh sometime down the road. For sure. Uh, next time in the city, I got you, bro. We're gonna link. Okay, okay, for sure. Well, y'all have a good night, man. Be safe out here. All right. Holla at you, dog. Yes, sir. So, yeah, guys, I thought that was a great episode, 83, with Michael Robinson. Um, had a pretty good illustrious career at the University of Syracuse. Um, has played in, in France and, and played some years of arena football. And now, you know, he's in that kind of like limbo stage where he's trying to figure it out. Don't Doesn't know if he wants to retire or keep playing. Uh, you know, so I love that for him. If you watch this entire episode on YouTube, please subscribe to LeBron Daniel TV. Please leave a comment if you have a question. If you've listened on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. As you know, listenership is one of the ways that we make money. As you can see, I have the eight ball colorway snapback on After Effects show. The um, the the website is, is officially done. Uh, we're looking to launch, you know, in the next week, in the next, you know, five or six days. So I've had the merch just sitting for a while. I had to get the website together and and, and get some marketing marketing videos ready, uh, you know, to, to to hopefully get guests that have joined to, to purchase. To, you know, if you've listened, if you watch, if you love what we've done over the past uh, 27 months, uh, you will have an opportunity to uh, purchase. So um, if you haven't right now, visit the aftereffectshow.com. Purchase a hat, per, you know, purchase some stickers, purchase some magnets. We got we got some black t-shirts, we got some some gray t-shirts. Uh, and just continue to rock with us, you know, as we continue to tell these organic and authentic stories uh, from, from former and current athletes. So until the next time, peace.